You're listening to the Quince podcast. Twitter in a recent policy change has tried to make the platform safer for its users, but the move has raised more questions than answers. Under its updated privacy policy, the social media giant will now take action against users who post photos or videos of private individuals without their permission. And the policy also raises the question of the role of human content moderators at Twitter, who are seemingly now the final authority on the intent behind every post on the platform. In a statement, Twitter said that the misuse of such information can have a quote-unquote disproportionate effect on women, activists, dissents and members of minority communities. While a section of the internet has welcomed the policy, the other raised several doubts on whether it would be practical to enforce. So, what can be the foreseeable hurdles in implementing such a policy? And with more than 211 million daily active Twitter users, how do you get a policy like this correct at scale? To discuss this, we spoke to Apar Gupta, the executive director of the Internet Freedom Foundation, Srinivas Kodali, an independent researcher at the Free Software Movement of India, and Radhika Jalani, a counsel at the Software Freedom Law Center. tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. So what exactly falls under the purview of quote-unquote private information according to Twitter? Let's start with that. It's essentially five things which you will not want the general public to know. Your home address or physical location, identification documents or numbers like your Aadhaar card number, your personal phone number or email address, any financial information like your bank account number, and lastly, any other private information like your medical records. But with the latest policy update, Twitter has also extended private information to mean photos and videos of a person taken without consent. And if this kind of information is posted, Twitter, according to its blog post, will remove the content only after it is notified by the individuals depicted in the content or by an authorized representative that they did not consent to having their private image or video shared. Now, it is not clear whether this policy extends to profiles where the user has protected their tweets. However, this policy does not apply to public figures or individuals when media and accompanying tweet texts are shared in the public interest or add value to public discourse. The policy has a lot of merits, but it also raises the interesting question, which was raised by several Twitter users, on what will happen to images clicked in public spaces like parks or a restaurant or a music concert. Does this now mean that you have to seek permission to post that photo in a restaurant from every individual who has been depicted in that image? According to Apar Gupta, the executive director at the Internet Freedom Foundation, says that the policy is a step in the right direction, but given its broad scope, there is a lot of ambiguity attached to it. So if we look at the uh, recent policy change on private information and media uh, policy in which Twitter has asserted that you cannot use the platform for publishing private information about another private individual without the express authorization and permission, it's a step in the right direction. But where I think there's been some significant amount of concern has been that this is a well-intentioned measure, but will present real uh, difficulty in enforcement. 
because quite often, for instance, and I saw, for instance, in the New York Times, there's a tweet quoted that how is it practically implementable for, for instance, pictures which are taken in public spaces, which may have crowds or may have bystanders who, who are also part of that picture. But I think some of these concerns do come from a distrust of social media platforms because Twitter itself in their blog post has to an extent clarified that in such instances of pictures being taken in public settings where there are multiple people, it may not amount to private information by itself and may not be taken down. Now, the second uh, uh, issue which has come up has been that uh, quite often people are sharing information themselves publicly online, for instance, on their website or on another uh, social media platform. But what happens if that information a person themselves are sharing consensually at a different space and corner of the internet is published by somebody else on Twitter without their consent? So isn't that information public already? And how will Twitter make these decisions? I think there is ambiguity in the policy with respect to this, uh, this uh, uh, as clear standard which will be followed. So I think Twitter is trying to do a good job. I think in its post also, it's set out certain categories of information. What it says is violation of this policy, but a lot depends on the context itself. So I think uh, we'll get to know in future when as more people file these kind of requests. Srinivas Kodali, an independent researcher at the Free Software Movement of India, concurs with Mr. Gupta and adds that we don't know at this stage how fair this policy will be at scale and how it will look at different countries. I think Twitter, social media companies really are unsure on how to implement their policies. It's, it's very dependent on uh, their manuals, internal manuals and the individual who has to take a call at the end of the day. Uh, they have some automated tools for enforcing some of their rules proactively, uh, which is what also the IT rules recommend. But when it comes to uh, implementing specific rules where specific violations are reported, uh, I think they're very arbitrary, right? So it's uh, it's, very context-driven people who are looking at India, for example, don't know the local conditions in India. It could be people in the US or Europe who are looking at it. So awareness and biases of people who are looking at the issue always come into play. So we really don't know much about how fair these uh, how fair they implement these policies because we often see everyone complaining about it, right? It's not just uh, one section of the population, say, I mean, say the right wing or the left wing, everyone's complaining because it's not, it's not fairly implemented uh, because we, it's not transparent. Now, most of you may have heard the term doxing, which involves looking up the details of an individual's lives on social media and their publicly available data. And people really dig up everything from photos, information on family, educational qualifications, really any information about a person which is available in the public domain for the purposes of harassing somebody. And an incident that comes to mind from July this year is Suli deals, where several Muslim women suddenly found themselves on sale online. 
multiple Twitter accounts had posted the screen grabs from an application hosted on GitHub titled Sully Deals, where photographs and social media handles of more than 80 women belonging to the Muslim community in India were shared without their consent. And rightly, there was a massive outrage about this. However, even after three months of the incident, no arrests were made. So, will Twitter's new policy be able to address these concerns and put an end to such harassment? Mr. Gupta says that the Twitter policy does address some of these concerns regarding such kind of harassment. He adds that the lack of progress made in the Sully Deals case also shows the need for specific doxing laws in India. Doxing has become a very uh, prevalent form of directing threat towards a human being. Even if there is no actual threat, a person does feel anxious if their address is uh, put on the internet where they stay. So uh, any person uh, will feel a, a degree of panic and anxiety and it can have a chilling effect on these. We've seen this very, very often now being directed against uh, people from minority communities who are vocal online or even people from the Dalit Bahujan Adivasi community uh, who often use social media for advocacy, for group-based politics advocacy in terms of showing what kinds of discrimination are happening against them. So I think this policy is supportive towards uh, content removal and in fact even the removal of record, uh, accounts if, if there's a greater severity of such action. However, there is no alternative and it's not an alternative. This is content removal by itself, account removal by itself is not an alternative to a police investigation because when a crime is investigated, a person, if they are not prosecuted, a basic understanding of criminal laws goes in the dustbin, which is that there is a consequence which is flowing from that illegality towards satisfying a certain so, uh, uh, conventionally understood social understanding of what is acceptable human behavior. So essentially, the policy makes Twitter or its human content moderators the final judge on whether a user's content is violating its privacy policy. And not surprisingly, the social media platform does not have the best track record in judging content. Take the case of senior journalist and writer Salil Tripathi, who in 2020 had his account suspended after a video of his was tagged offensive. According to a Wire report, the video was of him performing a poem he had written for his mother on the demolition of the Babri Masjid. So then can this policy do any better? According to a Washington Post report, moderators at Twitter are expected to review as many as 1,000 items every day, which include everything from individual tweets, replies and messages. And these jobs are usually given to contractual workers and not full-time employees. Radhika Jalani, a counsel at the Software Freedom Law Centre, adds that the content moderators need to be experts in languages, culture and politics, but are usually recent college graduates or people who are not qualified to assess the content properly. I mean, I think there were a couple of reports and a couple of findings that I read a while back, which said that human assessors technically should be language experts. Um, they should be people who are trained in politics and, you know, uh, who are well-trained individuals who have degrees in politics, journalism, culture, and, and you know, like, um, like, like sort of like a proverbial arts bent. Uh, but they're mostly not. Right, human like when we talk about content moderation and human accessors, they're basically you know um, students and people. Uh, sorry, I wouldn't say students, but you know people who have 
uh, you know, who who have a desk job, who look at this content, who have like a time limit that they have to go through this much content in in this that in this much time, right? Which um, and it is not necessary that they might be able to understand all the context and all the languages that they're looking at, right? So it's all the, the job of a human assessor is always very difficult. Um, it is yet to see how you know how Twitter will implement that. Twitter's policy update is certainly a step in the right direction for safeguarding a user's privacy on the platform. But given the scale of the user base, the practicality of implementing it raises eyebrows. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 